Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Minnesota, two police officers and a firefighter are tragically killed while responding to a domestic violence incident. Mm. In Wisconsin, a mother is found dead in a crash car and a woman is charged in her murder. And there's an update surrounding the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. These stories and more coming at you today Wednesday, February 21st on Real Life Real Crime Daily, and I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Upson. And he's back. He's back. <laughs> and I'm Mike Agavino. He looks good, folks. With the boys. He looks good. Right. I think he might have done one of those cryo treatments or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need to put some weight on my skinny ass treatment. <laughs> Actually, but. I found out that Woody had... Uh, had taken, instead of waiting for the board to take action, had gone and aggressively attacked the board and taken some action of his own, Jim. That's yeah. right. I told y'all, board, B-O-R-E-D. Yeah. <laughs> so today's show is going to be a little different because of that. Let's see if you all figure out what it is. Well, let's get into some true crime time for hump day, Wednesday. Hump. And we are going to Minnesota in a really sad, tragic story that we're going to start off with today. A community is mourning after two police officers and a firefighter were fatally shot in Burnsville, Minnesota, while responding to a domestic violence call. And you say it all the time. Oh, it's the, most the worst ones. Dangerous call, calls there are because the emotions are so high, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, officials have identified the three men as officers Paul Elmstrad and Matthew Rouge, both 27 years old and 40-year-old firefighter slash paramedic Adam Finseth. We're hurting. Three members of the team uh, made the ultimate sacrifice for this community, that from the police chief Tanya Schwartz. Uh, they are heroes. Officials have responded around 1.50 a.m. to a home in Burnsville, about 15 miles south of Minneapolis, where a man was reported to be armed and barricaded inside with family members. At some point, the subject inside opened fire. At least one of the responders was killed inside the home, and several officers returned fire. The suspect was identified as Shannon Gooden, 38, he had several guns and a large amount of ammunition, and he died in the incident. Seven children who were inside the home, ages 2 to 15, were able to leave and are safe. Wow. 
The medical examiner's office on Monday said all three first responders' deaths were ruled a homicide. Medical examiner reports say Elmstrad was shot multiple times, Rouge was hit in the chest, and Thinseth had a gunshot wound to his right arm and torso. Another officer, Sergeant Adam uh, Medlicott, was injured and hospitalized. He's believed to have non-life-threatening injuries. The death of Elmstrad and Rouge while on the job make them the 17th and 18th law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty so far this year, just January and February. That's crazy. We must never take for granted the bravery and sacrifices of our first responders, that from the Minnesota governor. Today, the families of these public servants received a call they knew was possible but hoped would never come. So we're going to... I'm, I'm just going to I thought it was important to give you kind of a look at these first responders uh, that tragically passed away. Paul Elmstead or tragically murdered. Right. Man. Paul Elmstead, uh, 27, joined the Burnsville Police Force in 2017 as a community service officer. He was promoted to officer about two years later and was a member of the mobile command staff peer team, honor guard and field training unit. His wife, Cindy, uh, he was married. They went to school together since kindergarten. They started dating in high school and mm-hmm. eventually got married and had two children. He had a five-month-old and two-year-old. Wow. Crazy. He was the most generous, loving, uh, patient person I've ever known. He could have a conversation with anyone and make them feel seen. Uh, he would drop everything to help someone who was in need, whether it be family, friends, or someone off the street. And then we're going to tell you about Matthew Rouge. He was 27 also and had been a member of the police department since 2020. He served in its crisis and negotiations team and was a physical evidence officer. And a former neighbor said she was not at all surprised he became a police officer because he was all about doing nice things for people. When her father was dying, Rouge spent time with them. Unfortunately, his life was cut short, she said, because he was a first-rate person. And lastly, um, Adam Finseth, who was 40. Finseth had been a firefighter paramedic since 2019 and was assigned to a SWAT team that responded to the incident. Prior to working in Burnsville, Finseth served in several other cities throughout Minnesota, and he will be greatly it's just you know horrible it's horrible and and people hear about cops getting killed and it's it's just not them and their families you know that everybody wears a badge it's like being in a foxhole with someone uh, um you can't put a it's you're closer to them Sadly, say probably you are your family. Yeah, you know? and I remember uh, brother Pete Charlay telling me when I started, keep at least one friend that's not a cop to keep you grounded uh, because you're gonna, you're always gonna, you're gonna hang out. Your family's gonna hang out together, cops, because you the only ones that get each other. You know. Yeah. But every day you put on that that gun belt, that badge, and you go out there to try to help people, try to fight crime, make your community a better place, and but. I can tell you, I never, never climbed in a unit when ten eight where I thought mm, I may not come home tonight. Yeah, you don't really think about that, but it happens yeah? every it's just, day, it's, and it's, it, it destroys so many people. Uh, um, 
everybody that they worked with. That's why I always say prayers for everybody that knew and loved them and not yeah. just their family members because it's just – it could be this uh, grocery store clerk on the corner where they, they get their soft drink. You know, Absolutely. Uh, uh, they, 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 they befriend over the years or whatever, but that, that community lost – Great people, and you know, and the firefighter the, um, being assigned to the SWAT team—that's kind of a, a standard thing. If it's available, you want a paramedic on your team in case somebody goes down. I don't know what circumstances are they in, inside the house, and you know, but just it could have been so much worse. Uh, seven kids, seven kids, and, and but this guy had it on his mind, and and he's a piece of shit, and took out three heroes and shot and wounded a fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Did did you change or evolve over the years on how you treated these kind of? Because from the outside, it seems like these wouldn't be the most dangerous situations. Yet you talk all the, the time the, about, hey, the, these are the really reason, dangerous situations. The reason it's so dangerous because is you just don't know. But you know you're going to be dealing with this person on their worst day. But you don't know if this person's what we call a one or three um or a mental case or if it's just going to be a regular husband and wife fight there's no such thing as a routine call routine calls are the ones that get you killed because then you become complacent but it, i certainly would change every time you know you got to just training like how you approach a door and and you don't stand inside the kill zone and and just it's, it's so many things that you pick up out, over the years as you go on, especially if you have somebody good to train you, you field train officer like one of these guys was a field training officer like I yeah. used to be. And you try to teach these young guys, and I, I would tell them, I would say, hey, I hope I hope you took something, one little thing from me that one night you're going to be on duty and Woody's voice is going to say, uh-uh, don't do that, and it might save your life. Right. But the you just don't know. And, and I've been on – situations where you go in you think everything's going to be calm and, and guns get, get pulled. Yeah, I mean, you just, you have to be aware, but the thing is, is it goes back to what we talk about all the time, the lack of respect for human life now and, and a lack of respect for law enforcement and these people who are going to do this. I don't get it. And it's just uh shocking. I hate it. I hate it for the community. And what you say 17 or 19 dead already this year? Yeah. The yeah, I believe it was seventeen. Well, that's just that was just Minnesota, wasn't no, it? Uh, that, no, that, no, that was national because it's only we're only in thank February. God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but still, that's a lot. I mean, that's yes, yeah, it's twenty, and it'd be over two hundred something this year. Yeah, that's way too much. I mean, one is too, too much, many. and we but, we experienced it here recently. Man, um, seventeenth and eighteenth, yeah, was what this made. It's unreal. Well, let's go to uh, a scene that was a celebration that turned tragic, and now the aftermath. We're uh, we're seeing a lot of good come out of a lot of people. For me personally, I've given the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, Brittany Mahomes thing a pretty hard time throughout the NFL season. Right. Uh, not just on this show, on some other things I do, I've given Travis a particularly difficult time but you know sometimes the public goes too far in its admiration for sports stars turning them into heroes and they do the same thing with musicians and and hollywood stars but you know in some cases we see those people step up and rise to the occasion and live up to the lofty role model status that right. you know you want them to have and so by now we've all heard about the mass shooting that happened at the end of the chief super bowl celebration last week but you probably haven't heard all of this or um 
you probably heard some of it, but I don't think you've heard all of it. Patrick and Brittany Mahomes uh, are offering support to children wounded during the Casey Chiefs victory uh, parade shooting. Uh, this happened last Wednesday. Lisa Lopez Galvan, who was a reporter, uh, a, a news talent in the market, was fatally shot and wow. killed. And people have heard her name and are aware of uh that situation, but there were 23 other people that were shot. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. Most of whom were children. And so the children's hospital there and some other hospitals are, you know, basically filled with kids that were, um, or they were filled with kids as of yesterday, every single one of them has Uh, been released. There's not a kid still in the hospital, but, um, two of the young victims, sisters that are eight and 10 years old who were injured, um, were actually related to Lopez uh, Lopez Galvan, uh, the local DJ who was uh, who was killed, and the Mahomes went to visit that eight and ten year old. So they visited the two girls at Children's Mercy Hospital last Thursday. The uh, the young girl's parents said, "We are avid Chiefs fans and very proud of our home team, Madison and Malia." That's the girls' names. Um, lives have forever changed since Wednesday's senseless act. Then they went on to explain the profound impact the shooting had on the two girls, as well as the joy brought by Patrick and Brittany Mahomes' visit, which saw the children pose for a bunch of photos that were posted onto social media. In a time where they are traumatized, saddened, and worried, having a surprise appearance from Patrick and Brittany brought the first smile to their faces since the tragedy struck. We want to thank the Mahomes family for being so kind, caring, and loving. But it wasn't just the Mahomes uh, family. On Friday, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey donated $100,000 from his charity to a GoFundMe that was set up for uh, another family. As of uh, last Saturday, the Chiefs and the NFL combined to kick in another $200,000. That's when this hashtag KC Strong was created. And uh, over the course of the last week, over $600,000 has been contributed to that that KC Strong hashtag. There are uh, a number of GoFundMes tied to these other families. I guess if I... uh, we're going to encourage anybody to do anything. There are families that haven't been, uh, haven't received as much publicity for whatever the reason that do have GoFundMes that have far less money in them than the, uh, uh, than the, the one associated with the, uh, the Galvan family. But Casey strong is a hashtag that is uh, overarching is holistic and, and will address everyone who has been hurt when you, when you roll everything up, it's over uh, $2 million to date that has been contributed uh, to victims here. So with, with all of these different GoFundMes and the, uh, and the hashtags over $2 million has been raised, uh, which is going to help a lot of these families to, uh, uh, to recover. But it, it is amazing that we still don't really know much about the shooters. We know they're underage, which is why we don't know their names, but we don't, know exactly what happened here, what the intent was. And, and I think it's going to be important for that to come out for these families. I, I think it's awesome that, that these celebrities step up and, and, you know, the NFL stepping up and everything. Um, the, I'm going to read you a little something because this guy is actually from Baton Rouge. He played at, at Catholic high school and that's Clyde, um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. All right. And so, 
says the Chiefs Super Bowl rally was wrapping up Wednesday, and it had been a great day for Chris Codden and his 13-year-old son, Zach. They had cheered for the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs and weren't far from the Union stage. Zach got autographs from a handful of former players. The police ran from behind the stage towards the shooter, and when they cleared, we went into the building, Chris Cotton recalled in a photo interview. Nobody was really actually sure if it was gunshots or if it was fireworks. Cotton estimated there were, there were a few hundred people in Union Station, including the Chiefs players, coaches, and staff. Um, inside the Union Station, it seemed to be the safest place Cotton and his son could be. Cotton went to the bathroom and came out. Any sense of calm he had felt had evaporated. He said, I was about halfway back to the lobby, and then somebody yelled, shooter, and everybody just started running towards the exits, uh, towards where the trains were. And in the chaos, little Zach, Co- Zach Cotton wasn't sure what to do or where to go. I didn't know what was happening, Zach said. I was in the building, and somebody yelled, shooter. So everybody started running. I didn't know where to go, so I ran behind the curtains where the players were. I started exiting all of them, and then I didn't know where to go. Well, fortunately, a woman took Zach to an area behind the Union Station where the team buses were located. That's when Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's from Baton Rouge, y'all, and he played for Catholic High, and said Clyde was trying to tell her to get on the bus. And then Clyde ran to me and put me in the back of a box truck, and the other girl was looking after me, Zach said, just waiting till everything was clear. And he was telling me, calm down, that everything was going to be okay. And at that point, Chris Cotton still in uh, the dad, was still in the Union Station frantically looking for a son. And he called Zach's phone and hoped there wouldn't be any cell disruption because of the size of the crowd. And fortunately, Zach picked up right away. Uh, naturally, he was upset and scared. And, but he was able to say that he was by the buses behind the um, Union Station. And anyway, that, that dad got on the phone with Clyde. Uh, Hilaire, and he said, um, hey, I have your son. He's safe. He's not in harm's way. And then it just goes on and on about it. The, you know, the SWAT team coming in clear, but heroes, right? Yeah, I mean, totally. He, he the he team, left was, that kid the team out was in the middle right. of right. this I mean, tragedy. They could have left that kid out there in the shoot. So the, there's going to be so many more. It's so great that they showed up at the hospital and doing all that, and they're raising all that money. But the uh, – the true heroes, most of them never be, be known. Yeah, no yeah, clear. I agree. And Elair, a prime resident right. of Livingston Parish, is he? Yes, they, he, they, is. They, I, 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 Lives he here. played for Catholic. They didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. He know did. He grew, he grew up in Baton. Well, shout out to you, sir. I I, I called prime that resident uh, yesterday when I was scrolling through the news. And I thought, well, that's pretty. That's well, pretty I'm glad you brought too. glad you brought that up so, because money's one thing. Yeah, uh, but. Well, you know what? The the heroes were there in the same exact spot as their fans when all of this broke out, and and uh, you know they weren't running for the exits and running away from the trouble. They were trying to help Help uh, anybody they saw that they could help. Pretty crazy, hundred percent. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. 
Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally, designed for long-term retention, speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Sayonara. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? I love it. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use Astro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A S T E P R O allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directive for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go. Let's go to Riverside County. California? California. California. You know about Riverside? The Inland Empire, they call it. Well, because they needed a catchy marketing phrase to try and get people to go out (laughs) to to the dry dry flat desert. With a name called Riverside, you would think it was beautiful. No no river, no no side river. Dry river bed. Sorry. (laughs) It's a ditch. (laughs) Sorry. It's a dry ditch. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, the. United States Postal Service in Riverside is probably breathing a little bit easier because two Riverside County brothers 
pleaded guilty last week to mail fraud after scamming the United States Postal Service out of more than $2.3 million. How does that happen? Well, I'm going to tell you. Amwar Alam, who is 35, and Fahim Alam, who is 31, of Temecula, filed thousands of... Uh-oh, that's wine. That's something. wine country. Temecula, wine country, Temecula yeah. is a little better than being in the uh, the dry ditch of uh, 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 Riverside. Of Riverside. It's, okay. all, it's a big county. Well, they they're from Temecula, and they filed thousands of falsified insurance claims on packages in order to make a profit. Oh, Lord. They each now face twenty years in prison. From twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen, the brothers used fake names and addresses to purchase USPS priority mail packages and postage, and they would get insurance uh, that would cover them for lost or damaged contents. They then submitted fraudulent insurance claims saying the packages contained items of higher value than that that had been lost or damaged. They would sometimes include fake invoices and even photos of items that were not actually inside those packages. The pair actually cashed in Thousands of insurance claim checks. Yeah, at some points you got to know. You gotta yeah, I mean, money. thousands. Yeah. How, they, how they got away that long is just crazy. Uh, relying on false information and fraudulent claim forms, USPS issued checks uh, to the Alam brothers to cover the purported losses up to $100 in value plus shipping. Together, the brothers maintained about 15 different P.O. boxes in Temecula. Jeez, and be a never had a check over $100, but it was $2.3 million total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that tells you how many. Okay, but, the, but, but everything went to those their names. They used their real names. No, they used fake names. That, uh, uh, and he said they had like 13 15, different Fake names and addresses. It was, it was fake names. Okay, they, I was going to say. I had involvement in, in, in a case like this when somebody shipped something and they had the insurance on it and then it came up missing, like the package never got there. Probably somebody stole it or whatever. Yeah. But the uh, they hey they make you provide some shit and and, and the invoices and in whatever photos if you have them and so these guys evidently had their game. Yeah. How, what what year did you say that it started? Well, from twenty six to. 2016 to 2019 was so three when they, years. Yeah, 2.3 million dollars at 100 a piece. I'm not a mathematician, but I say hell of a lot of packages. It's 200. And it's 20,300 packages. Yeah, if they were that's all 100. Insane. Well, you know what? U.S. Post Office. Most people don't know they have their own police, yeah. postal inspectors, and. Yep. Federal crime too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they, they gonna do. If it says twenty years, they're gonna do nineteen years in, in ten months. Yeah, there ain't no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, it's uh, twenty a day. If it was a three year period, it's about a thousand days. Twenty thousand of them. Yeah, so it's like it's a twenty lot a day. Of money. God, what a scam! Mm, Two point three million. A lot of money. Well, there you have it. Mm. Sorry, just my wife gets a lot of packages. <laughs> Get that many. <laughs> trying, might, trying to think of something to keep her busy. Be, yeah, uh, it might be. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been done before. So let's go to Woody's second home, Wisconsin. Oh, I love me some Wisconsin. My piece were coming the seventh to eleventh. Yeah, yeah. Well, when uh, Wisconsin police found Ashley Ann Kahlo unconscious in her crashed car, the thirty-three-year-old mother was slumped over her steering wheel, and a three-year-old child was moving around the back seat. Did it say what part of Wisconsin? Fond du Lac. 
familiar yeah, with that yeah, one? That Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Wait, go, go ahead. Several local media outlets claim the Fond du Lac Police Department is investigating the death as a homicide. Annika Trudell was arrested Wednesday and charged with first-degree reckless homicide. She's now behind bars at the Fond du Lac County Jail. An unidentified 21-year-old man has also been arrested. He's been charged with harboring or aiding a felon. Police responded to a report of a single car crash just before 6.30 p.m. on Feb 13. Officers determined that Kahlo had crashed into landscaping bricks and that her car had landed on top of some nearby shrubbery. Investigators believe that Kahlo's death is related to another scene at a nearby strip mall, but have provided few details. So nobody really knows how they are connecting her death back to that other scene. While investigators haven't provided many details, her friend Jason Smith agreed to be interviewed by a local website, wearegreenbay.com, and Smith claimed that Callow, quote, was stabbed twice, once in the stomach and once in the neck. First responders began performing life-saving efforts at the scene. She was rushed to the hospital but was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. Police are still waiting for the Fond du Lac ME to establish you know, the absolute cause of death. Oh, after um, all, also, yeah. Yeah, the toddler who is identified as Kahlo's son was apparently unharmed and is now with family and friends. Uh, Kahlo's friend, Holly Ann Zastro, who helped set up a GoFundMe to cover funeral costs and support her young boy, said that her death was tragic and a tragic end to the life of a woman who was the type of person that would be there for you no matter what and who was the greatest friend one could ask for. She loved her son more than anything in this world. And so just a bizarre. And am I wrong? You said this dude, Chris Smith, said that she was stabbed twice? Yes. And how the hell does he know that? It's a, uh, it's a friend. <laughs> I mean, of, it's a good it, question. He gave it to, to some website uh, interview. Oh, she was stabbed in the stomach and stabbed in whatever. It's maybe. her friend, Jason Smith, yeah, who Jason gave Smith's that interview. Going to prison, yeah. Gave that interview to We Are Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. But investigators have been hush hush and haven't shared much of any of this. Yeah, well, her three year old was left in the car while she was stabbed twice and that killed. Is tragic, horrible story. Uh, almost about hour and a half due east from where I go hang out up there. But the thing is, this dude knows. They said they were waiting on the autopsy naturally, right? And, and I get that. But this dude already says she was stabbed. And he was specific. He was stabbed in the stomach and the chest. Or she was stabbed in the stomach and the chest. We, we know how she died. And police have admitted that it's connected to some other incident yeah, that yeah. happened at a strip mall. Yeah, yeah. But they're not yeah. laying out exactly yeah. how yeah. it's related. They're getting their ducks in the road about to hammer somebody's ass for that. So, so she was apparently trying to get medical attention and just jumped in her car and never saying, died yeah, before she got, got there. Baby essentially. And that would explain the the crash, you know, right. the crashing yeah. the car Blacked out the or whatever. Yeah. yeah, somebody has already can cancel Christmas. They're gonna get them. I hate that for, and it's horrible. It, it really is. So that's one of those cases where somebody's gonna want to have maybe a private autopsy, yeah, well, and the, the police gotta have an autopsy first. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I was talking to Roy at, at Parish Forensics the mm. other day, and I was amazed. Uh, he told me that they had to actually reduce their emphasis on private autopsies. Any guess why, boys? I tell you why. 
probably is uh, pathologists are like pilots and you know, their workload and the, uh, all the autopsies are very closely monitored and man- managed and they don't want them doing too much one time because the accuracy and attention levels, uh, they're afraid they won't be maintained. You know, Woody, I have no idea why Jim says you're not that smart because that's exactly, that is exactly <laughs> not as smart as uh, why he said is, is that they are in such demand that, uh, right. and there are, uh, I guess with the licensing that goes on, there are very strict rules yeah. about how much work well, they can be doing. Okay. First of all, I never said anything like that, Mike. Yes, and you I'm, did. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm sure all that's related to the higher uh, murder rates now and the opiate related deaths the country's experiencing pretty much everywhere. Right. I have no idea why Woody says you're not that smart, Jim. Because that's <laughs> also correct. Remember, many parishes throughout Louisiana and many funeral homes inside and outside of Louisiana rely on parish forensics to provide the essential these essential services. Yeah, and it is the only privately owned autopsy facility in the state serving coroners and families. And they've been around since 2007. And while the demand for their services is extraordinary, we still encourage you to reach out if you have an urgent need for a private autopsy. Remember, Roy and the Christens, they have the only facility in Louisiana offering comprehensive services under a single roof. Yep. They professionally handle the autopsy, but they also handle post-autopsy embalming, funeral services, cremation services, and even pet cremations. Isn't it amazing how we've weaved this sponsorship yeah. into this story? But we love doing that for right. our friends up at Parish Forensics. When it comes to the loss of a loved one, they believe families deserve dignified, reliable aftercare that they can afford. When you lose a loved one or a beloved family pet, go see our friends Roy, Kristen, and Kristen under that big American flag in Broussard. And you guys know what they always say. Rest, Rest easy. easy. Thanks, guys. All right, and we are going to go to the state of Tennessee. Tennessee, which part? Sad story coming out of Tennessee as well. And uh, this is Meigs County. Are you familiar with Meigs County, County, Tennessee? That one up. Well, it runs along the Tennessee River. uh, If you're familiar with that, yeah, I think it's near Knoxville. Beautiful, beautiful area of the country, but a sad story. Uh, Tennessee Balls football game when the stadium is open and people pull their boat, boats up there to yeah. from, from the river. Yeah, yeah. go Big Orange. Yeah. So we're going to tell you about uh, a situation involving a Tennessee deputy and a woman he arrested. And this was actually the first arrest for this brand-new deputy in right. Tennessee. Uh, sadly, the bodies of Meigs County Deputy R.J. Leonard and a woman he had arrested were found in the Tennessee River nearly 24 hours after the deputy was last heard from on Valentine's Day, Wednesday, February 14th. On his very first, very very first, first arrest. arrest. Yeah. So a search began for Meigs County Deputy R.J. Leonard on that Wednesday night after he responded to a call of an incident uh, on a nearby highway bridge. He responded to that scene at 9.48 p.m., and three minutes later, he was en route to the county jail with a suspect. Minutes later, a dispatch came in from Leonard that took a while to understand, but Johnson said authorities think he was saying the word water. Yeah. 
Johnson continued that at the very same time, he was also texting his wife. It was my understanding that he sent him one word text that said arrest. Mm-hmm. Authorities later learned it had been Leonard's first ever arrest. Wow. He had joined the sheriff's office just two months before. Nearly 24 hours later, the sheriff's office confirmed that his body had been found. It was escorted to the Knoxville Regional Medical Examiner's Office where the autopsy is being conducted. Uh, We would like to ask the community to keep the family in their thoughts and prayers during this very difficult time. That from the sheriff. The woman's identity has not been publicly confirmed as of this uh, story. I will say that she was found in the car handcuffed still uh, you know submerged and obviously drowned his window was down Mm -hmm. and his body was so apparently he tried to swim away but succumbed to drowning so so when you arrest someone you call the time like my unit number is 361 i say 361 259 1015 one white female and uh you probably shake them down or whatever and put them in in the back seat of the car when you do that you call in again anytime you, especially a female, but anytime you transport someone from one location to other, you'll say three, three, six, one, two, five, nine, 10, 19, your location, one white female beginning mileage is, and you give it in. Right. But, uh, so they're going to be able to go back and track it. And hopefully it wasn't a case where he was texting his wife for rest and ran off the, the road or something into the river. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it sounds sad, like that. Sad sad deal you know it was just a a tragic accident originally they were um you know obviously they're going to look and make sure no foul play was involved somehow maybe she got a hold to him or and caused the wreck but all signs are pointing to he just ran into the river they didn't say what the charges were or anything no not as you know the crazy thing about that it's like and down south livingston paris when i uh, first started working here, and I wasn't from here, and I get calls down along the Amy stuff. I'm like, how high did a person be that had to design this road? Because they got all these 90-degree turns and mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I wasn't thinking that way back when, when they built the roads, they just followed the river. So anytime you have a road that runs along a river, it's not a straight shot. It's yeah. going to be some pretty sharp turns, and it could have just— And this was actually a bridge, right? Wasn't it? He was well, going— Yes, and—, and you know, the unique situation, well, not necessarily unique, but it was dark. I mean, it was right. 10 o'clock at night. Right. So, well, and you got a, a new cop. He probably doesn't, isn't as familiar with the area. It might right. not right. be where he grew up or anything like that. You don't know, but Jeez, it could also be that there was another one. That's what's the second one today. I mean, we're no third or fourth. Yeah. Uh, the ones that got third, the first third one. officer. Well, rest in peace, Dying. and I hate that for woman, and I hate that for that for the lady. But you know yep. what? It's time for some crimes for Wednesday. For hump day. Hump day, hump day. Hump day, kinky crime. I'll tell you about a little something. Go back to, you were talking about the Postal Service earlier. Well, talk about the UPS. United Parcel, Parcel Service. Right? Yeah, the brown, right. the brown, the brown box. Yeah, Daryl, Jerry. What can Brown do run, for you? Drive for him back in the day. So, but look, you know, you strip those packages around all day long, and you get to look like Jim. He get all <laughs> swollen up. <laughs> so, a muscle-bound UPS driver had a, 
group of office workers and the internet positively swooning after Uh-oh. jokingly flashing his abs to a doorbell camera. Come on. Right? I mean, if you got it flown it. That's a- Footage of the dashing delivery man showing some skin was shared to TikTok, where it soon became popular and amassed over 5.8 million views and is still growing. Jim, oh. you take your shirt off for him. Flash a doorbell. Well, let's, the plot thickens. The wife's husband said... One day, while we were having a package delivered to our home, this gentleman delivered it. He often goes sleeveless as it gets pretty hot out here in summer. Yeah, he just wants to show this. Yeah, that's what it is. He got them guns. As he stretched out his arm, my doorbell camera sent a snapshot to me, I mean, to mine and my wife's Apple Watches to notify of a delivery. When it alerted on her watch, her coworkers beside her saw it illuminate and apparently said, wow. What was that? <laughs> and she just said, oh, that's just our UPS guy. To which co-worker said, my UPS guy doesn't look like that. <laughs> and after his uh-huh. wife. Uh-huh. You know yeah, that women right. do that. Yeah. <laughs> after his wife told her husband about the co-worker's reaction, her husband decided to have a little fun on the next delivery. A week later, I arrived home early and noticed we still had a package out for delivery, he said. So I made a quick sign. <laughs> okay. The sign read, to Jim Chapman, no, it's to, <laughs> to the muscled up UPS driver. My wife's coworkers would love a show on the door cam. Oh uh, <laughs> he pinned the note to his front door and waited, and the plot thickens. So, but soon after, the same UPS driver arrived to drop off a package. As the resulting footage shows, he quickly saw the note and, laughing at the request, duly obliged his newfound fan base lifting his shirt to reveal his abs to the camera right <laughs> it was just a joke little said it was there my intention for this video to go viral like it did but it was quite entertaining i bet it was uh the delivery man returned to his truck to get a camera to take a picture of the sign and and cover his ass right, right, <laughs> he's just, he, ret- he returned to the home he's returned to the home since and even chatted with the husband about the video's popularity He's a super nice guy, the husband said. Obviously, a bunch of people who knew him sent the video, so he had seen it. He said that it gave him a good laugh to see everyone's responses and comments. And y'all were going to post it. This dude, come on, man. You got to have company policy. You got to wear more clothes than that. (laughs) We'll post a picture of like he man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Though the husband had some good fun right, with that right. guy, yeah, and might uh, might I'm sure our yeah. our female fan base yeah, will enjoy they, a kinky know, crime that benefits you them. Know for UPS once. is coming up with a new policy now, saying you got to have so many inches of clothing covering your upper torso. I mean, I, mean, I get it, the dude swole up, but yeah, and he has no shirt on. Yeah, and he's now he's got an OnlyFans account. Oh that's yeah, called, uh, <laughs> and US, he's a millionaire. USPS uh, he's a millionaire. Uh, strip boy, whatever. There's your kinky crimes for hump day. We're going right into a mile, mile high. high this is crazy. Look, this is busted the internet yesterday. A fist fight broke out on a Southwest Airlines flight. Uh-oh. And the passengers involved can face up to a $37,000 fine. Of course, cell phones came out during this incident, and there's video all over the Internet. We're going to post it uh, on the Facebook. But two passengers 
who got in that fist fight uh, on Monday are facing criminal charges of up to $37,000. The incident occurred on board Southwest Flight 1288 en route from Oakland. 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 You believe they fist fight in Oakland, Mike? Li- look, that guy was Apollo Creed, man. He, he could handle <laughs> He really he, was. He threw some nice, a uh, couple nice blows. So from Oakland to Hawaii, and in a video of the incident, a male passenger stands at a window seat with a woman in the middle seat. He slaps the arms of another male passenger standing in the aisle saying, shut the F up. The other passenger retaliates by punching him several times. So that guy obviously wasn't going to put up with that. A flight attendant and other bystanders eventually break the two men up. Another passenger heard yelling, screaming, and punches. He said he turned around and saw one man bleeding and the other man being separated. Frankly, I was a little nervous because we were like at 35,000 feet. I don't blame him. And you got two guys swinging at each other. The flight crew reported the passenger disturbance to the FAA, obviously. Uh, the flight landed in Hawaii at 1.47 p.m. without incident, and the police department officers in Hawaii responded to assist airport security, but no arrest was made because it did not occur in the jurisdiction oh, of Hawaii. Get the How FAA about that police, loophole? Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we commend our crew and customers for their professionalism and diffusing the situation that from the airline. Now, earlier this month, a JetBlue flight uh, had a similar problem, and passengers had to help restrain another unruly passenger who be- was behaving erratic, erratically and aggressively towards his travel companion. Believe it or not, as of February 11th, the FAA had received 206 reports of unruly passengers for that's just 2024. Crazy. That's yeah. that's like, bro, what's up? 41 with that? days. Yeah, shut the f up. Generally, isn't going to de-escalate. No. Yeah, no, 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 no. You, that's why I used to teach the young guys. You always start out low, but you know they can be high because then you jump up if you need to and you shock the shit out of them. Well, you, yeah. you know how when you when you get. And this was at 35,000 feet, so this wasn't the case. But I know when a plane lands and everybody's looking oh, at yeah. everybody oh, and they yeah. want to jump right. up and get in that yeah. aisle real quick and everybody's right. grabbing their stuff. Maybe this guy That's had, a stressful, like, yeah. thing, you know. Maybe uh, this guy had to get a shitter. Maybe so, man. But he, yeah. he slapped him. Yeah. And then he punched him. Yep. Well, South, <laughs> Southwest can be, you know, because of what the boarding process is there and that you don't have assigned seats there, you know, you've got an assigned number that you're, that you're getting on the plane at, yeah. but sometimes they will let you board from both the front and the back mm, at the same time. Chaos. So you have B 20, but you make a run for the back and you actually get to the middle of the plane to an exit row seat before a 30 can get back there because uh. it's much, you know, there's clogged from the front and that's the kind of stuff yeah. I had to, uh, a guy I worked for for years uh, who passed away a couple of years ago, my mentor, a guy by the name of Bob McCurdy, was six foot eight. Oh, and oh, we yeah. would take uh, the shuttle to Boston all the time before Amtrak had the fast uh, service Acela that they have now. You used to take either the Trump shuttle, Trump owned a shuttle that went to Boston. or <laughs> the, you really? Yeah, or the <laughs> Delta shuttle. And we're on the Trump shuttle one day, but we make it, uh, we had a meeting in Boston and we get to the plane late. And so that was just open seating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
I knew we were going to have shitty seats and, but right. I'm six foot. I didn't, right. you know, whatever. And it's a hour top 45 minutes in right. the air. Well, Bob comes in and the plane is set up like a bus. And so at the very back of the plane, there's a row that goes all the way across where your leg room for two of the seats is literally the aisle. You have unlimited yeah. leg room in front of you. And he looks and he sees that there's a really short guy that's in one of those seats. So Bob walks to the back. I walk to the back with him, and the guy looks up at Bob from down and goes, yeah. And Bob goes, I'm six, eight. Oh, <laughs> and the guy goes, congratulations. <laughs> was, no, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's going to be really hard for me to be in, you know, one of these middle seats and, you know, you're not the tallest guy. I thought maybe you'd be willing to give up your seat. And the guy goes, that's why I got here 45 minutes early so I could have this seat. So, Thank you, sir. so all of a sudden Bob's like, you know, you don't have to be a jackass about it. I had to get between the two of them or we would have had 6'8 on 5'4 in a, in a battle. But it's easy to see where, you know, some little things like that can yeah. turn contentious. You know, on know who's having a bad day. Right? That's right. And Mile if you're Chris Christie's niece, it can get even worse. Yeah, you can get away with it. Hey, y'all, my wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause, hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. 
She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. Well, that's your mile high crime for today. Well, folks, I've been holding this one for a couple of days because mm-hmm. Woody was busy with his board mm-hmm. battle, so mm-hmm. we never really celebrated President's Day on the show. So we're going to do that today. We uh, should make President's Day like a full-blown holiday. I think it is. <laughs> uh, like you get off work and shit? No. Not like the 4th of July. Well, it used to be, but you know, I noticed banks were open yesterday. My son had classes. I'm like, yeah. what do you mean you have my classes? Dog, my kids were right. in class. Yeah. I mean, I think this is like a holiday in name only now. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know how that happened. It used to be you got... You, back, way back when, you got both Lincoln and uh, and Washington's birthday off. Then they combined it into this one President's Day, mm. and now whatever. But anyway, let's see how well you guys know your presidents. I think Woody's still got his winning streak intact here. So, mm, about oh, did you win the last one? You just win all the bets, the football bets. Yeah, Emily is a Okay, we got about uh, 12 questions. Same thing as usual. I got multiple choice, but if you think you know the answer, hit the table uh, early. Who here in this room has ever been to an inaugural ball? For the president? Who's an inaugural ball? I can't tell you about that. I have to kill you. Lincoln. (laughs) Yeah, I was at Lincoln's. (laughs) Classified. Classified. I, I need Lincoln's. Okay, question number one. Which founding father and future U.S. president wrote the first draft of the Declaration of Independence? Thomas Jefferson. Right out of the bat, Jim nails it one. Won't be the last. Without, without even needing the multiple choice. My subject. I, okay. I ate in the um, basement where they planned um, Lincoln's assassination mm-hmm. at the Chinese place in D.C. Best fucking Chinese food in the world. Damn. Yeah. Sorry. They plan- so they, John Wilkes that Booth? Bill, when they planned it, with the four that they did the, execute, the uh, assassination of Lincoln, I thought it was John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, that? it was. No, 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 no. He had accomplices. Yeah, oh hell yeah, he had accomplices. They 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 planned it. They hunted them all down. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I remember. Was four? Yeah. All right. Question two. <laughs> Lady Bird was the nickname for the white Lennon Johnson. Good Ooh, one. We're not needing any of these multiple choices. One one. In 1814, what U.S. structure was burned to the ground by British troops? The White House. Woody. Again, two to one Woody. Not having to go to the multiple choices yet. Martha Dandridge Custis is the wife of which? George Washington. George and Martha. That's right. Jim, man, you guys are impressive on your presidential knowledge. Impressing myself. Okay. What kind of crop did President Jimmy Carter... Peanuts. 
Buddy. Damn, I wouldn't have known that one. His brother peanut. Like shine really a beer. To, I really wanted to get to the. I'm thinking of George Washington Carver. My first <laughs> choice. Peanut. My first choice was marijuana. Uh, uh, so what do we got? We got George three, Washington used three, to grow hemp. Marijuana. Three, two, Woody. George Washington used to grow hemp. Okay, three, yeah. two, Woody. Question six: Which U.S. president's favorite saying was "Speak softly and carry a"? For Roosevelt. Franklin. Incorrect. Teddy. Theodore Roosevelt. You can't guess. Fuck. Theodore you can't Roosevelt. guess twice. I was going to say that. Okay, Theodore Woody Roosevelt. gets it. It's Teddy Roosevelt. So it's 4-2. Right last name, wrong guy. Next question. Which president was a commanding general during World War II? Les Seth Grant. <laughs> no. During World War II? Okay. I know it that is. would be an incorrect answer. Uh, Jim, I'm going to give you the multiple choices. Uh, was it damn. A, All right, Dwight Eisenhower? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. I agree. So it's 4 3. Hey, Grant, for the record, was a uh, commanding general during Civil yeah, War? Yeah, just, uh, just a few years ago. And then earlier. the president. Okay. Different war. <laughs> what did the S stand for in Ulysses S. Grant? Uh, Nothing. It was just an S. Um, he was a he was, really he was a drunkard. Yeah, um, he has a great life story. I have his book, I read the book. Yeah, let me see. Okay, with a difference of only a hundred and thirteen thousand votes, which is the closest presidential election in history? Was it Lincoln? Incorrect. I'm listening. Was it A. George H. Bush versus Al Gore? B. Hillary Clinton versus Donald hey, Trump. Hey, it's Al Gore. Bush and Gore. I tricked you. Hanging chads. I, I tricked right you. That, yeah, but that was Florida. That's It was close in Florida, but it wasn't that close overall. So what was it? The closest election in history was actually Richard Nixon versus John F. Kennedy. Huh. In really? I didn't know that. Learned yeah, I knew it was close, but I thought Gore was votes, close. So yeah. it's still 4-3. Okay. In the 2000 movie, The American President, Michael Douglas plays the president. What actress played his lobbyist girlfriend? Was it A, Margot Robbie? B, Jennifer Conley? C, Sigourney Weaver? Sigourney Weaver. That is an incorrect answer. (laughs) Or... D, Annette Benning. D, Annette Benning. Yeah. It was Annette Benning. Definitely Annette Benning. It is 4-4. Four, four. Definitely. Okay. This one I did not know. Um, which two former presidents died hours apart from each other on July 4th, 1826? Was it A, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson? B, Thomas Jefferson and James Monroe. C, Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Jefferson Monroe. Jefferson and Monroe is an incorrect answer. <laughs> Let's D, narrow it down for you. D, James Madison and Thomas Jefferson. So is it? D. That is an incorrect answer. <laughs> it is John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. So the second and third president of the United States died on the 4th of July of 18th. Within hours of each other. Within hours of each other. It's crazy. It must have been party. Okay, so you guys are tied. We got one more question and a bonus. So let's see what we got. Who served as vice president during George H.W. Bush's presidency? 
Al Gore. That's an incorrect answer. <laughs> That's a, that's, a, that's a Democrat who would not have been a Republican's vice president. But, okay. Dick Cheney. Okay. Was it A, Walter Mondale, B, Ronald Reagan, C, Dan Quayle, or D, John McCain? Dan Quayle. Dan Quayle. Yeah. It was Damn, I should have waited. infamous Dan Quayle. Yeah, I can't believe you, you blew it on that one. Jim wins, so we don't even need the bonus, but here's the bonus. Uh, yeah. Here's the bonus. The four presidents with their faces carved into the Mount Rushmore National Memorial are. You got all four? Yep. Go for it, Jim. You have Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. You have George Washington. You have Roosevelt. Which one? I I hate when you ask me which one. Teddy. And? And you have, so you have Roosevelt, Washington, Lincoln, and the fourth is Jefferson. Bingo. Yes. Jim gets yeah, the yes, bonus. Yes. yes. I've actually been there. Heavy? Yankton, <laughs> Yankton, South Dakota. Yep. Wow. Right there just to see it. Jim with a big comeback there. Very good, Jim. Thank you. Jim knows his president. I'll soak in my glory for one day yeah. until the next one when right. Woody spanks me into submission. Nah. All right, boys. With the, the guess something else? I'm just waiting for some banjos to close out. Oh, my sorry, game. banjos. <laughs> Man, we had to come up with a new one for uh, games. Yeah. Well, I like to surprise like, you with the games, so you don't know what I'm going to hit. This is true. Yeah. But you, guys did, well, you guys did well on that. You didn't need the, the multiple uh, choice. I mean, the better. And I thought history. Yeah. I was making yeah. those kind of hard. To yeah, I thought I was going to. The any final thoughts? What do you? Ever yeah, do? I want to say the, the um, tough stuff, right? The the. Officers being killed, yeah. firefighter being killed, another officer being killed, another tragic shooting. Let's you say twenty two something kids were injured in that twenty three other people were shot. Not and, all of them were kids, and, but and, well, I mean, and then the disc jockey and uh, uh, tough stories, it's tough tough times. But you know, it's real life, real crime, and it's the world we live in. And uh, I don't know, Mike. These cops, man. I mean, it, it, I don't know how they gonna feel. They got tough jobs, and there are less of them doing it. And I don't know it's, how they gonna do it. It's never been more dangerous for them. And you know, God, I don't know what it would take, but the, I don't think you could pay me enough. Yeah. But they're certainly not paying them enough. No, uh, what's no. gonna happen in another twenty years? Nobody wants to do it. Right. Well, just in Louisiana, the governor said we're eighteen hundred police officers short. Uh, just, just in the just, state of just Louisiana, thirteen um, hundred of those are just sheriff's deputies. Yeah, yeah. Adams in New York wants to offer the illegals the opportunity to become oh, police officers. Oh God! <laughs> are you freaking kidding me? They're the ones running around on mopeds robbing people. <laughs> I mean, we have lost our minds. Well, well, it's love and appreciate it, one of y'all. <laughs> the, uh, thanks for tuning in and liking, sharing, and listening, y'all. Continue sending your stories. We like to cover them. Like I got to hear the one from Moore, Oklahoma, yeah. where the toys have been delivered by. That's right. Uh, what do you call those things? Hover, not hovercraft. Oh, um, drones. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, the guy that was putting antiques up his ass got caught. Yeah, so the, the kill stories. Spring, Texas. Yeah. Hey, shout out so to our the listeners. That, Let that, that be a lesson. Don't stick antiques up your ass. Right. Um, <laughs> but the good news is. Uh, 
uh, Olaf from uh, uh, Frozen is doing much better. He's, he's I feeling, never seen that. I heard he's getting, talk about he's that. getting therapy, and he's he's going to come out of it okay. Very good. And Very good. All right. Until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Everton. And I'm Mike Agavino. For Real Life, Real Crime Daily. Peace. Peace. I glad. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.